This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How many people really love Jesus here? <laughs> Glory to God. Hebrews 1 says, God who has sundry times and in diverse manners in the past spoke to our fathers by the prophets. At in this of oh. all right, verse 2. <laughs> At in this last day spoken to us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, and by whom also he made the world who be in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person upholding all things by the word of his power that's a very loaded verse of the scripture some religious leaders are asking that is Jesus really God who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image upholding all things everything God bless you, you can have your seat by the word of his power hallelujah I love this next verse when he had by himself purged our sin wait why are you jumping? Sat down the right hand of the majesty on high, the highest place ever. The right hand. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is very powerful. So the Bible says, under the old covenant, God in diverse manners. The Certain things were understood by the Jews that many people don't understand our time. For instance, why did they go for stones to stone Jesus when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Now, to an Englishman, to a Nigerian, you will not understand the gravity of that story or that statement until you know about uh, the laws of Moses. God told Moses to construct a tabernacle. Lord, open our eyes to know what Christ has done for us. When you, when I think of the goodness, there is the life of Messiah. It bubbles inside you when you understand it. You can't be discouraged. You can't be conquered. You can't be offended. Ah. Uh, there's a scripture that says that great peace have them that uh, keep your commandment, nothing shall offend them. When you see Christians getting offended, it's because they stayed in the outer court and never entered. The tabernacle, thank you, great peace have they that love thy law, nothing shall offend them. It doesn't mean people will not attempt to offend them, they refuse to be offended. Hallelujah. Is somebody with me? One man 
They just called him. He was on a mission field. That is why I've had miscarriage. The first thing I said, Lord, don't bother to encourage me. I'm not discouraged. You see, when you begin to answer like that, even Satan will stand, he will, he will dread you. But when you are, oh God, why me? Why me? And you are not the banshee. Why me? Why me? It bothers me, Christian has those things. Why everything? Why me? I want to know that many are the afflictions of the righteous. Yeah. But the Lord delivers him from them all. <laughs> are you with me? Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. In the tabernacle, there were three aspects. Since this is Bible study, I, I want to say some things about the gift of the Spirit. But let's let just start this way. So you have, which I've explained before, I wish we could have a diagram of the tabernacle of Moses. Everything in Old Testament was pointed to just one thing, Jesus Christ. That Bible says that is the express image of God. Colossians 2.9 says, In him dwells all the fullness of Godhead bodily. So when we get to heaven, there is somebody you see on the throne is Jesus Christ. Because the fullness of God dwells in him. You can't separate Jesus and the Father. He said to Philip, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I'm in the <laughs> brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. Now, the tabernacle of Moses, please pay attention. At what you call the outer, outer courts. Very big. It's the biggest part of tabernacle. Then you have the inner court, which they call the holy room. Smaller, maybe much smaller, much more smaller than the outer court. Then you have the third compartment, which is called the holy of holies. Where only the high priest could enter once. Now, there are things you should notice about this tabernacle. It was covered so that no light at the outer courts, you still use the light of the world. But once you step into the only room, the only light through which you see is the candlestick. The only room has the candlestick. It has a table. And the table, of, they call it the table of bread. And then there is like an altar just before you enter the Holy of Holy. And in the Holy of Holy, you have the Ark of Covenant there. And you have two angels carved. They call them cherubim. Looking upon, looking at each other, but facing downward, looking at the ark. So the ark is here, one cherub here, one cherub here, looking down the ark. And God told Moses, he said, I will speak to you from between the cherubim. Exodus 25, 22. When I want to talk to you, I don't talk to you at the altar, altar courts. I don't even talk in the holy. In the holy room, you are revelation. That means, ah yeah. And all the materials... In the entire tabernacle, most of them were made of two things. Asia wood, acacia wood, which represents longevity and, and then gold. Many times they will put the wood and overlay it with gold. That means divinity over mortality. Are you with me? That was the arrangement for most of the things. But for the, <laughs> for the lamb, it was pure gold. When it comes to the word of God, the entrance of your word, that one there must not be a mixture of flesh. 
But even for the ark, it was wood covered with gold. God was saying that God's arrangement is a partnership between the power of God and the responsibility of men. The tabernacle had like 60 poles around this, 60 exactly. Representing figures are very important in the Bible. Six in the Bible represent man. That's why when the Antichrist comes, the beast number will be 666. Man was created on the sixth day. And the Bible said in Revelation 13 that behold, it's the number of a man and it's called 666. God, man is six. So he created man by the sixth day. There are no accidents in the Bible. One represents God, one true God. Two in the Bible represent agreement, three, unity. When you talk about four, you talk about the art. That's why you have four weeks of art and all those things. And when you talk about five, you talk about grace. Six, man. Seven, perfection. Eight, new beginning. Nine in the Bible represent power. Ten represent responsibility of governments. Eleven, destruction. Twelve, kingdom. But some other people give it another name. Thirteen, witchcraft. <laughs> you know, interestingly, there are no mistakes in the Bible. Eleven destruction. It was in chapter eleven of Genesis that God destroyed the world of Babel. Every scripture in the Bible, God allowed them to line down to deliberately. Now, why sixty poles standing? The tabernacle was held by sixty poles all around. Like this church now, you know, if we're using a tent, there will be posts outside holding the tent. Sixty posts. Ten represents, remember, responsibility. And six in number of man. The posts were just saying that Jesus has come to bear the responsibility of man. That's all. Everything about the tabernacle was just talking about Jesus Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? And in the book of Revelation, when they appeared to John, John saw him in the middle of the can, in the, at the middle of the candlestick. That's where Jesus is found. Now that candlestick, I told you, is in the holy room, not in the altar court, and not in the holy of holies. See, if you are in the altar court, you see through the light of the world. There was no covering for the altar court; it was like the compound where you park cars here. But when you step into the holy room, the only light that which you see, because it is up, there are God told them to use badger skin, ugly outside. Badger skin very ugly, but very tough. Christianity will look ugly to those who don't understand it. There were both to enter the first, uh, to enter the holy room, and to enter the next one, even to enter the tabernacle, there were five pillars. Representing, again, the church. Five-fold ministry. And there are colors unique to them. And every color points to, you know, Matthew portrayed Jesus as different from Luke, Mark, and John. One of them looked at Jesus, John, from the angle of the Son of God, the divinity. One of them as the king. One of them as the man. That's Mark. And these are the colors in Tabernacle. Purple. White linen. Scarlet. We represent suffering. Purple. That's royalty. And then two other colors. God was consistent in what he told them to bring. And what he used. But here's what I'm going. This is, this is the point. The first door into the tabernacle by the Jews, they used to call it the way. The door to the only room, they used to call it the truth. And the door to the only of holies was called life. So when Jesus said to the Jews that I am the way, 
the truth and the lie. He was saying that I am the tabernacle. And they said, Chai, let's kill this fellow. Did you get what I'm just saying now? The way, the truth and the lie, there are three dimensions of Christianity. When you have come to him, okay, somebody showing the picture, can you imagine? You know, see, this, all this, this whole area, everybody's on the outside. So you see, those are the poles I mentioned, round, round, to erect the tabernacle. But you see, when you look at here, when you are the outer court and you are here, there's nothing covering it. But when you enter the only room, they remove the cover so that you can see what was inside. Normally, it's covered. So you only see by revelation. And then that one inside, inside, there is a something between here and that place. A veil. That was a curtain that was torn when Jesus said it is finished. From top to bottom. For the first time, everybody could see into the holies of holy. It was done like that because the presence of God will kill man. When the Ark of Covenant, I, Macredusa, when they captured the Ark of Covenant in the time of Eli, 1 Samuel chapter 5, chapter 6, you know, they, were, they went to battle. And they've been told that with the presence of the Ark, victory was guaranteed. But you see, covenant does not work where there is iniquity. Often and finally, they were carrying it. They were men that God abhorred. But when they brought the ark to the battle, Israel shouted to the point that the Philistines were afraid. But one day they said, let's even try and fight. Only to ensure that the ark did nothing for its people. Is that also happening to some people? Believe me sincerely. When it's getting to a point, where it's getting to in Nigeria right now, that when churches gather to pray about something, it hardly happens. When they pray in time of election, whatever, number one, they pray wrongly many times. Number two, it shows that a lot of Christians are far from God. So the ark was supposed to give them victory, but no victory. God wanted to prove to them that he could fight his own battle. So the Philistines captured the ark. And they carried their body. The Philistines were wise enough not to open it. You see... <laughs> Inside that ark, that's what those are cherubims over the ark. Blood must be on the ark regularly. And there's something interesting. We'll talk about this later. You see, in that only room, you must the priest must carry the incense. So there must be cloud. And when he wants to go into the holy of holies, the cloud must follow him in. Actually, the priest was not actually visible to the cherubim. Because it was covered with cloud. And God said so. He said, otherwise, I will kill him. Know that I am wicked. My presence and flesh are incompatible. When electricity catches you, you are, it's not being wicked. There are two natures conflicting. Divine nature is too powerful for more. Even all religion, they know that, that God is too volatile for mortal man to touch. So the Philistines put the ark down. They put it beside their God, Dagon. And when they woke up in the morning, Dagon was falling down before the ark in worship. What God did was that when they all left, the ark spoke to Dagon. They talked, saying, you'll be the new God in town. Ah! He said, my Lord, I surrender. And the following morning, they carried Dagon and put Dagon up. Then the ark waited again. Everybody left. In the night, God said, Dagon, ah, I'm standing, you are standing. He said, oh, me, Tobe. 
And this time around, Dagon's hand off and the head off. And plague started the Philistine. Now, where I'm going is that when they returned the ark, their diviners told them, for this plague to stop, return the ark back to its land. They put it on, a, uh, on some moves and they were standing, okay, they said, okay, let's say we should return this thing to Ireland, Abby. We'll just put it on the moon and be watching the moon. Where would they go to? And the moon started going straight to the island, straight to Israel. And they got to a land called Bethlehem. And when they got there, the men out of excitement, you know, Israel were depressed for days. Ark was captured. No prayers of God in Israel again. Then the men heard that. They saw the ark coming. Oh my God, they were harvesting. Everybody rushed to car. They were very happy. And they opened it. 50,000 men died. Why? What was inside the ark? Manna and the law. They looked at the law without grace. I get what I'm saying. <laughs> Looking unto Jesus. Oh, thank God for Jesus. Hallelujah. Now we can fellowship with God. Why? We are not visible to Him, the blood. As in our flesh. That's why He washed us in His own blood. So you are blood stained. And wherever you are, you smell the blood of Jesus. So the prayers of God cannot be against you, it has to be for you. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Is somebody clear on that? Yes, Hallelujah. When you will just see multitude in this outside there, and it's happening in the body of Christ. This is why those who don't go to church, who say, organized religion, you know, I, just, I believe in Jesus. There are people who actually believe in Jesus, they love God, but don't go to church. This is where they stay. Because by the time you are going to go in, you will discover that you will need the five-fold ministry. You need to pass through the church. There are no accidents in God. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. <laughs> See, this <laughs> inside here, God told them something that Aaron and his son must wash their hand and their feet. They must wash their hand and their feet. But you see, when Jesus came, he only washed the feet, not the hand. Your hand represents works. Your feet represent walk. W-L-K, A-L-K, walk. Jesus said that in Christ Jesus, I have done the finished work. So no washing of hand again. Only one walk, and it has satisfied the Father. Jesus said to the disciples that it's only your leg that wash, because that is the only contact you have with the world. Anger, bitterness. So the blood of Jesus Christ is sown, cleanses us from what? All unrighteousness. Did you get that? Hallelujah. We can go on and on and just see that the entire tabernacle, this is actually a wrong picture. There is a broader picture. When you look at it from helicopter view, it's actually like a cross. Everything was done. The rabbi did not know what they were doing. They still don't believe in Jesus now in Jerusalem, but they don't know that the, what they are buying by the world. This is the son of God that just, when he said, I am the way, ah, they said, no, you don't understand. They got angry. But they didn't know. He came unto his own. And his own did not receive him. But as many as received him. This is a very good picture of the act, but I think it's even the cherubims were bigger than this or whatever. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you with me? 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, <laughs> Jesus Christ actually the ark himself. The reason for the wood and the gold is that the Son of God must become man. So, Son of God, gold. He became man, wood. Combination of the two. I get what I'm saying. Hallelujah. The fruit that created problem from the beginning came from a tree. When Jesus was going to die also, he died on the tree. Because tree brought the problem, tree must take the problem away. I get <laughs> Hallelujah. The first Adam sin in the garden. The last Adam also, it was the guy they came to arrest him. Why did he go to the garden of Gethsemane? Because it all started in the garden. It must also be recovered in the garden. So they arrested him in the garden. And then took him to the tree. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is the Bible very interesting? Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 12. You see, um, when you start looking at God's word from this angle, you can stay with your Bible for several hours without knowing the hours are passing. Because there's no end to this truth. And it gets to a level that you begin to see by the light of the Spirit. And then voice will follow. I will say something next service about what voice will do for a child of God. At a particular point in your life, you must hear the voice of the Father. Deep transformation is done by His voice. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, my sheep hearing my voice. And they will not follow a stranger. Certain things cannot be answered by anybody. But a revelation will come to you if you persist enough. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you ignorance. You know, I, I kind of was enjoying talking about Jesus. Now I moved to someone that's something else. But I, I, I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. You can continue like that and discover everything. Everything. God was very strict about what he told them to bring. And if you check very well, almost everything, Tabernacle, either 5 or 12. 5, 5, 5, 5, 12, 5. Yes. Everything he told them to bring. Because he was showing them that grace will soon come. And they did not understand. The priests did not know what they were doing. But that they were preparing for the coming, they just won. And he has fulfilled everything in his own flesh. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When we get to heaven, you will be let inside the building, or not the building anyway, inside the kingdom because of your faith in Jesus. No other thing. Are you with me? Mm. Your faith will bring you in. Your labor for him on earth will determine your results or your reward. There are crowns with many stars. There are crowns with no star. There are Christians that will be crownless self on that day. They are the, our house boys in heaven. They come in, but they have no reward. Because on earth, they did not live for him, even though they believed in him. They accepted him as their savior, but they live for themselves. Every day is about you and your activities. How you can make more and more. One day, the trumpet shall sound. 
and it will be too late to add anything to your labor. And the Lord will say, yeah, come, let's reward you. And the Bible says, if any man's work is bonds, he himself, that first word, there was a man that God showed in a vision. He saw everybody standing for God like a book. He just saw a being on the throne that they could not describe. And he breathed. Fire came out and went round everybody. Some books that were like this became as small as this. Some no book again. Everything done to pray. This is why I was telling workers yesterday. I don't understand. Why somebody will say that I served that church and they did nothing for me. Did you serve for reward here or there? You should clarify your motive. I can never say I will stop helping people because some people that are helped because I am not doing it for them. Before I got married, 11 people were living with me. Many of you are, so people like Paul Joshua and some of them, they were living with me. But if you have Paul Joshua, there were those who lived with us that time who never returned back to say hello or anything. In the last 11 years, we've not had anything from them. They sat with me. The little I had then, I'll go and buy packs of Indomie. Sometimes I will put my own freezer, small freezer, and I know water. I'll buy bags of pure water. Somebody will drink everything. And there were some of them that as soon as they left like this, not a call to say, I stay with you for nine months, thank you, nothing. But would that stop me from bringing people in? There was even one that took some dollars from my pockets. But you see, I did not help any man so that man will help me. Even though reward or not, you come through men. But when you do something, have your conviction for doing it. If it's about God, you can never be offended with the response of the people. But when you see people fretting and talking, they don't appreciate me. I did this, I did that. These are things that have created conflict in many churches. I was an usher for 25 years. And my daughter went there, they did not show up, so I'm not going to that church again. When you were ushering, did you have a plan that so that after 25 years, It's amazing. It's amazing. I don't know if somebody's hearing me. Glory to God. Whatever I do, I do with conviction that I am doing it because I am commanded by the Lord to do it and it is the Lord that will reward. So no man can disappoint me. Looking unto Jesus. Did that bless somebody? If you help, do it because the Bible says so. And that the one who asks you to do it will reward you one day. Not because you want the people to say thank you. So when they don't say you are hungry. Don't do anything with the wrong motive. On that day, it will burn. It will stand. Hallelujah. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, <laughs> let's go back to... Now, concerning spiritual gifts, actually, you will see that word is on Bible in italics. That means it was not the original. If it's slanted in your Bible, that means it was not the original. What Paul actually says, concerning the spiritual or concerning spirituals. 
I don't want you to be ignorant. So it is possible to be a Christian and be ignorant of the things of the Spirit. Next verse. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus a cause. And no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Next verse. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Everybody, let me read the next verse together. One, two, go. Next one. One more thing. And there are Let's start from the beginning again. There are, <laughs> I think verse 4. Let's start again. So number one, there are diversities of gifts. Is that clear enough? That means there are different types of gifts. But what? The same spirit. Number two, there are differences of administrations. But the same Lord. Number one, different gifts. Number two, different ways of administering the gifts. Number three, verse six, and there are so even the gifts don't operate the same way. So this one can have a gift. Let's call it so sit down, word of wisdom. He can have the same gift, word of wisdom. But when they're operating, they don't operate the same way. Are you with me? Okay. So now, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to how many? So profit without. Then he began to talk about the gift. One. Verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit word of wisdom and to another word of knowledge number two by the same spirit number three next verse to another faith by the same spirit to another gift of healing now that one is in plural gifts of healing by the same spirit next one to another working of miracles to another prophecy, to another design of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Paul said that I don't want you to be ignorant. There are different types of gifts, different types of administration, different types of operation. Three things. Then he now began to talk about the gifts. What is word of wisdom? Because Apostle Paul said that I don't want you to be ignorant. So, which gift is word of wisdom? So, and then he said another one is called word of knowledge. Then he said another one is called gift of faith. Then workings of miracles. Then the sign of spirits, then prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, omitted one, 
prophecy, gifts of healings. So he said, those are the nine that he listed. Maybe there are more, but Paul listed nine. And Paul did not define anyone. But Bible scholars have attempted to. According to most Bible scholars, word of wisdom is a revelation that has to do with events yet to happen. That day, when Samuel met Saul, almost all the gifts operated in the Old Testament except interpretation of tongues and tongues. Those two were not in Old Covenants. The remaining, different prophets and different people operated by them. Samuel operated two on that day. Number one, word of wisdom. Saul's asses were missing, or father's asses, and were looking for them. And the Bible said, God had told Samuel that by this time tomorrow, a man will come by the name Saul. These are supernatural gifts that mind cannot capture. It's not being brilliant, it's not psychic, it is the only spirit showing you what there's no other way to know. Saul had never met Samuel before. Samuel had never met Saul before. Samuel was going for lunch and he heard in his ears, tomorrow, the Lord told him the time and the description of the man. A young man will come by 12 tomorrow and that young man will be the next king of Israel. So when Saul came to town, he asked the Buddha, sorry, who is that guy they call Samuel? So he said, he just passed now. Then he ran after with his servants. And Samuel turned back and said, why are you looking for me? And Saul said that, uh, 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 my father's asses. Well, you know what? Saul said, before, Samuel, before Saul could say anything, Samuel said that, you are following me to the high table to eat. He said, tomorrow I will tell you what is in your heart. Then he said, you know what? Is it not because you are the king of Israel? And Saul was wondering, you really? And he said, see, let's talk about more pressing matters. He said, for the asses, they've been found two days ago. In other words, it was a decoy to get to here. God took your father's asses, hid them for two days. <laughs> so that you will be on the search. When you came out, he released the asses. Because I want to tell you something more important. I said, so leave asses. You know, many times, people are looking for asses. A job, a business. And what is on your head is more than asses. What heaven is saying about you, God is saying that, is that what you are looking for? You are trying to survive. Oh Lord, house rent. And the Lord is saying that, look at this person. The weight of the, 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 the uh, future of the old world is resting on your shoulder. You know, you can be an elected one and you might not know it. There were people born in the Bible that from when they were young, they knew what they would do on that. But some other people, they had no clue. Ezekiel sat down one day, was already maybe about 30 years old and heaven opened and he saw God directly. He had never seen any vision when he was young. Saul never knew that till today they will be reading his epistles. He was a Pharisee persecuting the church. One day Jesus said, he was already a full-grown man when Jesus said that Saul, Saul. But his mother did not have any clue, nobody. So you know what? That they did not bring you like Samuel. They didn't bring you like Samuel, you know. No prophet came to you to say that, you see, they saw seven stars on your head. Does not mean you won't do great and bad things on that. 
Some people, God can wait till you are 50 before the download of heaven will come over your head to show you what your real assignment is. And you'll be wondering, what have I been doing before? So Samuel told him, by word of wisdom, then Samuel told him again, that when you leave my presence, this, this, and this will happen. He said you will meet three men. They will carry this and carry this and carry the first Samuel 10. He said, then this will happen. Then, and the Bible says, everything happened like Samuel said it. That's an example of word of wisdom. A revelation of the things to come. You knowing supernaturally what is about to happen. They function more in the office of a prophet. The second one is word of knowledge. The difference is that word of knowledge deals with either past or present events. So when a person is shown a revelation and he can say what will happen, you can put it under word of wisdom. When he's shown what has happened or what is happening that there is no way of knowing. Like when Jesus in John chapter 4 stood before the woman and he said, you have had five husbands. Jesus didn't know jack about the woman. That was word of knowledge. That one deals with the present. As if Jesus just saw into the house. Amen. For word of knowledge, some soothsayers can do a good work also. Because Satan, once it's in the present tense, once it is about things happening, or things that have happened, Satan can tell. Because the spirit world, they see everything. What they don't see much is what is yet to happen. Because God controls that one. I get what I'm saying. When people go to a prophet's house and he says, ah, I see an accident, but bring more, let's cancel the accident. If you don't, and you are not a man of faith, you will have accidents. God did not plan accident because you have submitted yourself to him. Saying accident over you. Anybody you kneel before to pray for you, anybody you bend your head, actually when they allow them to put your hand on your head. See, so this is why, again, I keep telling people, Follow a divine pattern. Don't even discuss your issues with people who don't. That's why there are churches. If you're a member of a church, be a member fully. Online will help you much. Again, I've said that that's not to attack those who do prayer online. Some of them are my friends and you'll see some of them here. But I, I am just saying to many people, if you want people to pray with you, let them be people that you will trust and you have spent time with. That's the reason for different churches. God is not intimidated by the number of churches. So we cannot belong to a family. Because if you expose yourself to familiar spirits, breaking free can be difficult too. Yes. You heard what a lady said when I was ministering to my church single on Sunday, last Sunday. Make sure where she was attending. Our pastor said, you will marry my younger brother. I said it to you, brother, you that we have tied your leg here. You can't leave. If I begin to say some things, a man came to see me. This is a scholar. That the church goes, the pastor is sleeping with his wife and he cannot leave. He had a short moment of his eyes open and he was talking to me, the bitterness of his heart in the office. But he went back there. He just said that, sorry, I saw your address and I decided to come and talk with you. He read abroad. He said that the whole thing started before he got married to a lady. 
And when the marriage lady, the pastor told her that, you know, that doesn't stop what we are doing. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if you go to a place and they bury also before you come there, you are likely to be hypnotized and not know why you are just there, no matter what is going on. We have seen on TV the one that used to flog church member with rod and they never left. Pastor Money, his church used to be close to Pastor Money's house. If they burn you well, stand up during service. Ask yourself. The first time I saw him, I didn't anybody tell me that this one is a is from co <laughs> even the look. I know. <laughs> but you see, when people are blind, they are blind, you know. So so <laughs> hallelujah. If you should stop by to peep into the church, the ushers will give you the beating of your life. They are like the pastor. He is uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I think I don't know to pass someone with a friend. They can be troublemakers. They went to people when they are around. <laughs> so either you come in and we glue you there, or if you come and pin, they know that you are going, going to report what you they will catch you and beat you well. <laughs> you won't do that on that day. <laughs> All of you, some of you know the story I'm talking about. Yes. How would they call? And I saw that video online. Of a, another pastor, so flogging all the choir members one by one. <laughs> Married people, what? And they were there. And the one carrying people and throwing them on the chair. You see all those things. And you wonder what is wrong with people. Yes. You will just at this time be ordinary. For many of you here now, I mean, your mind is liberated. Imagine somebody carries your wife and smash her on the chair. Won't you carry the person also? And smash the person and say, God bless you. <laughs> That's the reaction of a normal person. Won't somebody smash you and say, no, no. I, I might respect you, but this is not, your mind said that this is unacceptable. When people sit down there and they are, they are okay with you, you understand that. That's beyond normal. I've seen all sorts. Eh? One day I was just scanning through Facebook. I saw one of the one person ministry with snake in his hand. I don't know if you have seen that one. With a snake in his hand. And people sat down there. And as he's talking, he's, when he wants to pray, we'll point the snake and then pray. You, know, you just wonder that what? You know, I looked at him and said, Is it Oguaye that lonely toy that you will sit down? The reason is this. When you reject the knowledge of the word of God, you will submit yourself to any nonsense. This quest that people just want people to... If anybody, there are things in your life, they will only come when you grow spiritually. Like you will not give the car key to your son that is four years old. God will not give you certain until you grow spiritually. You cannot bribe God with prayer and fasting over some things. Some things they happen as your capacity enlarges. God also enlarges what is around you. But that is, there is what you can undo part time. I get what I'm saying. And it is the teaching of God's word that grows you. So you become what God. 
any little problems or evil that they have. They don't bother to open the Bible and pray by themselves. They are looking for one prophet that will help them out. If you are like that, you will get into trouble. And then you go and write on Facebook after you are duped. Now all these churches. It's not all of us. You don't want to say that you also play a role in looking for somebody. Paltaiwo told me they brought a woman to him. She was asking Paltaiwo that sorry, she ain't marrying or sharing or. Paltaiwo said, at least I know I'm not blind. <laughs> and we're like, she, madam, is it somebody that can see you are looking for? Or you want Jesus to touch you? Which one? Because some people don't believe that. That's why at times I sit in my office and people come to say, yeah, no, members, usually people in the church, they bring their family members. It doesn't happen every time, but at times the gift of the Spirit kicks in. I begin to say, I don't tell them because I don't want to indulge and start encouraging them. So that's some, all some people want. They don't believe you are minister to them if you have not told them that, ah! Mm. Ah! I was just taking away the spirits. Now they take you seriously. Hey. And I saw, ah, you are three cousins. That dark one. Now had Satan they use. So I've been thinking so. I've been thinking so, Pastor. She's the only one that is dark. That was able to believe that you are minister to them. All those praying in Jesus' name and they, they, they are waiting for that to pass. Go to the real thing. Tell me what you are seeing. And when the person is not seeing anything and he wants to take advantage of it, he will fabricate one. Then, okay, I can see. And usually it's always the oldest woman in your family. Old women are in trouble. That is the source of your problem. <laughs> is somebody with me? Is somebody blessed this morning? Let me stop on this too. We'll continue next week. It's going to get better. Because I am not just teaching. They will be functioning in your life. You must not be limited to your mind. Your spirit must be able to pick things. Your spirit must be able to pick things. Because I stay, in, uh, when I go preach and place, at times I'm in hotel. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell me that before you sleep, pray very well. The last person that occupied this room did something. Sometimes you can smell demons. I don't talk much about these things, but by the grace of God, we've had all manner of experiences. Yes. Have you experienced something that you are praying under your prayer without even making a noise? Yet somebody is going to report at the reception in the next room that you are disturbing. And the, the, one of the workers came and put the ear on the door and told the guy that I heard nothing. You are praying under your breath. And somebody said that. It's not a physical disturbance. Are you with me? It's not a physical one. Thank you, Lord Jesus. These things, they will help. The fact that you're a businessman does not mean you don't need these gifts. In fact, you need them more. At times, you can tell by word of wisdom how a deal will go. So you save yourself from investing in it. Discerning of spirits will help every woman to know a sweet talker but that later in the future will harm you. Because some are so well composed, or a lady 
that appears to be interested in you now, but that is disaster looming. You can know. You don't even need to say, Lord, which one is my gift? That's the part I will end with. When you become a man of prayer and of the word of God, some things you cannot explain how you know. You just know that. You know what? Don't go out today. No voice, no vision. Not everybody will go show things. Some will hear, some will see, some will know. As you have five senses in the physical, you also have five senses in the spirit or more. The physical world is a son from the womb of the spirit. You can explain spiritual things by some things that you see. When you look at yourself, you know that God is not an object floating around. You have your hand, God has his own hand. And the Bible testifies to that. You sit, God sits. He that sits upon the throne. You laugh, God laughs, shall laugh. He does. Bible says in his hands are the deep place of the earth. So he has hands. And he moves. The figure of God looks exactly like yourself. He is not a man, but he looks like a man because he created a man in his own image and after his likeness. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.